All right, here we go. This is our third attempt at recording this podcast. Uh, so don't even know where I'm at at this point in time. And we're using GarageBand. We were using Anchor, and then we tried to use Anchor again, and then Anchor keeps timing out. So thanks, Anchor. Um, anyway, man, just uh, we just got back from a brief uh, teaching demonstration at Doc Mennonite Academy in Lansdale, which was a lot of fun. And my man Brandon came, and he recorded the whole thing. And it was I think the content would be really cool. And even more important than that, I got to see Brandon for the first time in 24 years. So the the, the previous po- the previous time, I said six years. And then I think the previous time before that, I just said it's been like months. So it just keeps getting longer and longer as we're going to keep recording these podcasts. But it was a really, was a really cool, cool little experience this morning. And, uh, you know, adjusting to that, that life without the 9 to 5, which is a, which is a pretty, pretty awesome adjustment. I'm sure as things, as I have more days that are slower, uh, then the anxiety will probably kick in. But to this point, everything's been, been pretty darn cool. So uh, Sweden, uh, as you can see, I'm... I'm I'm a Swede. I'm basic. I'm a, I'm a Swede. Was I the best looking person in Sweden? Yes. Yes. Now I know Sweden's known for their good looking people, but that I arrived and it was, you know, different levels. There's levels to everything. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, it was it was an awesome awesome time being there. I had crazy anxiety on the way there because Sweden still has certain things in in place in which they're restricting entry to the to the country unless you have a legitimate reason as why as to why and i was i was well my wife really was trying to call the embassy and seeing if they were going to let us in and no one would give us a straight answer they said we just had to we had to fly to sweden to find out and so we did and i had crazy uh butterflies in my stomach the entire time we flew into denmark actually so we flew into copenhagen and not even thinking about it denmark had uh much more lenient uh, policies on who on who they were letting in and so we went to customs and they stamped our passport they put us on our way we flew domestically to Stockholm and no one ever questioned us about what we were doing so all of that worry for nothing the only the only time actually anybody asked asked us what we were doing is was in the states and we checked in they were like what are you what are you guys doing over there and we sh- we, sh- we told them and showed them the paperwork and and they were fine with it so that was really the last line of defense so we made it and it was it was a great time, you know. It's it's a it's a it's a surreal feeling working with those kids. We worked with about a hundred kids, uh, smaller groups though, so about groups of thirty, which I think is perfect because you get too big, you don't get to have the same impact with the with each individual kid. And I I think every every kid just wants to be seen. I think every parent wants their kid to be seen. So the smaller the group, the more that's possible, and the more I can connect with each each kid. And I think that's you know that's what we're at. That's what we're after at the end of the day anyway. So. That was really, really cool and almost a blessing in disguise that the the numbers were still limited because of COVID. But we had an awesome time. Um, it was cool to to meet kids and parents who were very aware of what I've done in the past. So, and I had a dad come up to me and tell me that he taught his daughter how to shoot through my Instagram page, which is crazy to think about. And and then there we are in Stockholm, and I'm I'm working with his daughter there. So really, really cool thing. And and just a reminder to anybody starting something whether it's a brand or yourself in general promoting yourself just be very aware of how you present yourself um, even through social media because how you respond to people what you post etc you never know who's watching that stuff you need to treat it like it's your resume and i i've done that since day one and that's been something i've been very aware of i have a, I, ne- I don't think i ever knew where everything would go but i did 
want to make sure that I wasn't going to do anything that would jeopardize uh, where I wanted to get to. So everything was always very calculated in terms of how you respond and trying to keep in check. And, you know, as, as positive as a person as I am, there's definitely times when people say some things that you want to respond to. But, you know, that's just that's just all part of it. So if you are somebody starting a brand or just trying to promote yourself, please, 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 if there's anything you take from this, you know, be very, very aware of what it is that you're putting out there on a daily basis, what you're putting out into the world and how you're responding to people because people's the name of the game at the end of the day. And for me, you know, I, I, I never want a parent to come to my page and not want to take in the information because they see things, how I respond to people or whatever and, and say, oh, that's not somebody I want my kid seeing. Does that make sense? So just just something to think about, but a, a really cool experience and a, and a huge thank you to Patrick Johansson over there. In, in Sweden, who who started uh, Drillo, which is an incredible organization that he, he has there, kind of starting from the ground up in Sweden, which has been really cool to watch. And you know, the the one night I was I was I was talking to my buddy Jalan, he was asking me how it was, and I was I told him that I was eating dinner one night, and I was eating dinner by the water, and Sweden has water, or although or Stockholm has water all around it. And you know, as cool as it was, I had this thought of that anybody could do what I do. And I hope that's maybe motivating for some people because I think we think things are so far away sometimes, but in reality, it's just about plugging away at it, continuing to learn, continuing to educate yourself. And there's no reason you can't do what I'm doing or, or do it even better. And you should, you should strive for that because there's, I, 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 I find myself in some situations like this and it doesn't make sense all the time to me, especially given where I was seven years ago, right? Like it just doesn't, it, the, 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 where I've gone from seven years to now, it's just really strange sometimes. And if, if, if anything, uh, you can do that one, 100%, you can do that, but awesome, awesome time. And, uh, and I'll be back. I'll be back. He said he wants to have me back. So that means it went well. So we'll be back in Sweden next year. And then I'm bringing Brandon with me next year. So we'll document everything. Maybe a little bit different in terms of everywhere that we get to visit. It may not just be Stockholm, which would be really, oh, excuse me, which would be really cool. So, yeah, so we're back into the podcast game and it feels good. And I feel way out of sorts because, again, this is our third time doing this, but it's all good. It is what it is. I think one of the, because this is such a popular topic right now and, and why not get into it, I've been asked, I can't tell you how many messages I received after the Sixers game seven loss. And people were like, go help Ben. You need to help Ben. You need to do this. Or or better than that, I would say the, granted, I'm, I'm right outside of Philadelphia, so maybe it's a little bit louder, but the outrage, right? People are just so, so upset. And it's interesting because for one, man, my heart, my, my heart hurts for Ben Simmons because as an athlete, I think you could see it on his face in terms of where he was uh, mentally and, and maybe a, maybe a bit checked out. And that was that was tough to watch, man, because I, I think I, I don't really watch basketball games uh, as a fan. I watch them just just because I enjoy the product, right? I'm not. I, I think <laughs> sidebar. I think fandom is weird. Um, I think it's kind of strange. I get it. I, I do understand it. But I also don't understand it because it goes to an extreme where we put so much weight behind these 
teams and organizations and players that we don't know on a personal level and that if they win or they lose really have no it has no real big impact on your life which is really strange to me but i i i think i credit one of the things that allowed me to start to take the jump in understanding what was possible on a personal level and growing what i what i grew was i i no longer ever prioritized watching games and i know that may sound a bit strange but i prioritized my morning routine way over watching the phoenix suns play the denver nuggets at 10:30 on tnt right so i always went into things like i love basketball and i love teaching it i don't i now to this day i don't go out of my way to watch games like if if it happens to be that the 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 time is freed up and i can watch it i'm going to watch it but uh, i'm not this guy that says i'm not i'm never going to say i sat down and i studied 10,000 hours of footage watching I, I i don't i don't do that i mean i'll go back and i'll watch footage with certain things that i'm looking for but in terms of actually prioritizing a two and a half hour window of time it actually doesn't make a lot of sense from an roi perspective for me um if i'm i'm constantly i'm still trying to build what i'm doing on top of all my other clients i have and other things that i have going on and just family time in general so you know just just my my two cents on that but that, that was a that was a bit of a of a of rant there but anyway back to ben it's it's just always interesting to me and i try to be very careful with this there is an extreme amount of people that will say man ben simmons needs to get in the gym with me this summer ben simmons man i could fix ben simmons shot yo this guy could fix ben simmons shot and um probably not right so it's kind of like the whole idea of, of, of Solomon's paradox in terms of, you know, when you're on the outside looking in, it seems so obvious what the answer is. But when you're actually in it, it's not that easy. And I don't think it's a matter of Ben not wanting to get better. I think that there's probably a bunch of things going on. And I believe I would, I would, I'd, I would put a lot of money on the fact that that organization has done everything in their power to surround him with people that would put him in a position to be successful. And so that's why I think it's more of a, you know, for that, I think it's more of, of, of the mental side that, that really, that really comes into play. And, you know, I know it's hard to step away from the feelings of how upset people are about it. But if you really just look at that guy at a, on a personal level and what he's going through, it would make a lot more sense. And you probably see a bigger return on what's going to happen in the future if you rallied behind him rather than just just tear him down because now the noise is going to get to the point where it's like where where do i go from here and i think the i was asked like hey what would you do if you worked with ben simmons what would you be your approach and my answer was i don't know because i'm not in that room yet i have no idea where a guy like that where his head is how receptive he'd be it's one thing from the outside to be like oh i could work with that guy and we just fix this but teaching is just so much bigger than just the mechanical side. It's the relationship side. It's the where's your head at? Where are you at mentally? Are you willing to be vulnerable mentally to the point where you can address what's going on and now we can kind of attack it, right? So there's, a, there's just so much going on that, you know, I think, I think just saying, oh, I could do it would be ignorant on my behalf. I just couldn't, I couldn't do that. But I'm, I'm pulling for the kid, man. I uh, I want to see the kid do better. I don't 
I'm not anybody that would ever want to see a kid not succeed. So we'll see what happens, and and it will be it will be really interesting moving forward. But it just it shows how big the mental side is in all of this, and I've talked about it in the past, and I I've definitely talked about it on this podcast. But the the idea of I got the book right here, the Neville Goddard collection, and his big thing is, you know, living in the end. And that can be so powerful on so many levels. But if we were just to take it from a shooting side, and this is kind of kind of going to dive into my philosophy and, and how I work with a lot of players uh, through, my, through my subscription that I now have. You know, you form this relationship with guys, and I think what happens is because you're, you're interacting every day, you, you develop this trust, and the, the vulnerability usually re- leads to these, to these breakthroughs. But I'll have certain players, and, I mean, you know, I'm talking about guys that play for a living, that that will struggle mentally with certain things and this is my approach to it right we we basically break things down like this if i ever get a message that says man i'm shooting really i'm shooting really poorly or i just can't do this or every time i step in a game i can't make shots again you're now programming your mind subconsciously basically reaffirming what you're saying is, is what i'm trying to get at so by you just saying out loud or even saying to yourself, I can't make shots. I don't make shots in these situations. You're now kind of going to walk yourself into this self-fulfilled prophecy of not doing so. And this is where living in the end or living from the end can be so valuable. Because if you are able to start exercising your mind, much like we exercise our bodies, you're going to start to be able to step into this world where you're going to be able to hold a thought or an image or both, they're probably going to be tied together, of what it is your ultimate goal looks like. And in this case, we'll just say shooting a jump shot. So your ultimate goal of what your jump shot looks like, what it's going to feel like, uh, how you're going to hit shots, where you're going to hit shots, when you're going to hit shots. If you can start to practice that every day, taking a few minutes, just seeing it in your mind and playing it over and over and over and over again, what that's going to start to do, for one, that book Psycho-Cybernetics with uh, Dr. Maxwell Maltz, and when he talks about there's you, there's virtually no difference between how your mind perceive, perceives uh, some type of thought that's imagined extremely vividly and something that actually happens in the real world. Your mind doesn't know the difference, right? Your mind never sees the, sees the light of day. Your mind just processes information. So what you think about, that's why, like those very cliche sayings, what you think about you become, right? It's so, so true. But... If you can hold that vivid thought or vivid image in your mind and replay that over and over, seeing yourself in the best possible light that you can, you're now going to start to take those steps necessary towards bringing that to reality. And what I mean is it's, it takes a certain skill set to be able to understand that negative thoughts are 100% going to happen, right? Limiting beliefs are going to happen, but can you identify when they are happening and then bounce to that ultimate vision of that you had and that you've been working on in regard to everything going well. And if you can start to do that, you're going to then start to see that what you're experiencing on this, what are you experiencing in the current moment as it, as it pertains to this negative feedback that you're giving yourself um, isn't a predictor of what's to come because you've already seen 
what is going to be. And because you've seen what's going to be, you now understand that even these struggles that are happening at the current moment are all just some type of, it's, it's some type of, as Neville would say, bridge of incidents to eventually get us to that end ideal. And if you can start to take that mindset, now you're playing a different mental game. You're not playing more so in the moment. You're playing as if what you ultimately want uh, already does exist and will exist and that everything that you're going through now will all serve a purpose. And I, I know that's probably a, a kind of a kind of complicated answer, but I can't tell you how powerful that can be for players. And I've seen it firsthand. And I think it's just something that needs to be taught more. And obviously, I think it's something that I want to get much more, much better at teaching because I definitely have one way of, of starting to relay it. But it's just like shooting, right? How can we simplify things more and more and more and more? But but then going back to that Einstein quote that I've said a bunch of times and make things as simple as possible, but not simpler. And the the more simple we can make it, the more we can start to teach it at levels that you know start to hit when kids are just just exploring, just getting into the game, um, so that they now kind of have these skills in terms of bringing about the success that they want, uh, just because just because they're they're able to to think in that capacity but we have to we have to spend just as much time well not just as much I, maybe that's a little a bit of a stretch although we're in our heads all day but we exercise our bodies why not why not exercise our minds and i think you know it's probably why like we're, we're so used to always seeing results like we want to see results it's why i think we have such a fascination like in terms of working out and seeing the development and all this, like you get to see the work that you've been putting in and we all like seeing that. Whereas when you look at the mind, you're not necessarily going to see the work in a physical form. Somebody could be working on their mind every every day, but you would never know by just looking at them, right? It's so easy to just look at things and think, oh, just because you're seeing a change, there is a change happening. Well, there can be crazy changes happening um, while doing this, this the, the mental side of things. And, you know, I'll figure out a way eventually to get better and better at teaching it. I know that it's been, uh, I know that it's, uh, I've talked about it enough and I've seen how, how beneficial things can be in terms of uh, implementing this in, in, in just a multitude of ways, not just basketball, but, but in life and life as well. So just kind of, just kind of my thoughts on that. Um, Brandon, we don't, you know what, man, we don't have a, a, a time, a time thing on here. So I have no idea now. 18? 18? Cool. Our whole goal is to keep it under 30 so the cameras don't roll out and so we could just do this in one take. And since this is our 130th attempt at this episode, you know, that's just, uh, that's what, that's what we're going to have to do. But um, life since the exit of the nine to five has been really cool to date. But I think, again, I think it's been really cool because I've just been go, go, go. And it will be really interesting to see how things start to get when it when when things slow down a bit in terms of you know off seasons or just days off in general. I think if I could have something to do every single day, I would do it. But I know that's not realistic, or maybe it is realistic. But maybe I, maybe I'll, I'll lose my mind uh, doing so. But the 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 freedom associated with it in terms of the the time that's been now freed up to me to work on things like just even today. I was telling, I told the group today, I did that. I spoke at that clinic two, that camp two years ago. And when I spoke at that camp two years ago, 
I remember telling my job, I was taking an early lunch and I drove to the gym, got changed into my basketball clothes, uh, shot and, and demonstrated for all these kids and then went back. I was sweating like crazy. I had nothing to take a shower. So I just got back into my work clothes and drove back to work. And I probably took like an hour and a half, an hour and a half or almost two hour lunch. Um, and like that was just, I mean, doing stuff like that all the time was always just, it's just crazy. But, you know, you got to make time to do what it is that you want to do, right? I guess I could have used that hour just to go to lunch or say I couldn't have done it. But uh, for me, it's like, hey. I need to get experience speaking. I need to do all this. So let's just let's just go at it no matter when the time is and I'll, I'll figure a way to make it work. So, And the wife's home. So we're recording the podcast. Babe, do you want to hop on here? Are you sure? I've been trying to get my wife on this podcast for how long? Babe, how long? She's, she just ran away. So there's that. Uh, but we will get her on the podcast. We will go. But again, really cool experience going from two years ago, you know, Trying to tell work, I'm gonna, I got to take an extended lunch, but not really even telling them why I was taking an extended lunch to, to now just showing up with me and Brandon, recording the whole thing, and then coming home, now doing a podcast. And I don't know, man, all that stuff, all that stuff is just, is just super cool to me. So, you know, um, I wanted to share, I think we'll close, I'm going to close on this because we were talking about it in the car, and now I'm going to tell the story uh, about uh, partying with Charles Barkley. And, um, you know, before I started like working out and everything like that, I was partying, man, um, living, <laughs> living a much different life. And, uh, I had a friend that was, that, that called and said, Hey, we're at this bar. You should come. Charles, Charles Barkley's here. And so I said, Oh, heck yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm going to show up. And so I go to this bar and Charles is in there. And they introduced me to Charles, and I uh, I shook his hand. I, I told him who I was, like like that matters. And I said, oh, and I played for Herb McGee. And now I, I said that because I knew that Charles was friends with Coach McGee. And he looked at me, and he put his arm around me, and he was like, you play for Coach McGee? I said, yeah. He said, all right, man. He said, you're with me for the rest of the night. And so for the rest of the night, we just hung out at the bar, uh, we drank Miller Lights, uh, way too many Miller Lights, and I, I remember it was at the time where Miller Light introduced this Vortex bottle, <laughs> and I remember just talking to Charles Barkley about a Miller Light Vortex bottle in which they like, they, they shaped the top of it to, so it was supposed to, the, the beer was supposed to flow better or something, and I just remember, I'm like sitting there, and we're just talking about this, and and then, and then I had like a moment where I felt like I was watching myself having the conversation because it's like, wait, I'm just talking to Charles Barkley about Miller Lights. Like how weird, how weird is that, man? But uh, we had a great time. He was uh, beyond a beyond nice guy, like to everybody, from from me to every single person that came up to him. Which in Philadelphia, you got to understand that guy is like a cult figure, and so everybody sees him and. A lot of people would come up, and every single person that came up to him and asked for a picture, he was more than happy to do it. And he took a picture with every single person. He would talk to every person. And something that was kind of crazy was he would talk to every person like he really cared what they had to say. And 
I don't I just think that's a that's a that's a really a really cool thing but um it was a it was a cool night it was a it was it was just I just remember the next morning calling all my friends being like yo I just party with Charles Charles Barkley and uh you know one of those moments man one of those moments that uh that I always remember and um and I'm sure he won't but I also remember his bodyguard sitting there. Uh, so I, I I bet he was everybody was so friendly and he was so friendly because his bodyguard was the size of both him and I combined. So I don't suspect anything anything was going to happen. And then the last part of that, so we're 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 getting all these drinks and we're having a good time. And I went to go buy drinks, and he he pulls me back and he he said, "Yo, dude, what are you doing?" And I said, "Oh, I'm just getting us some drinks." And he said. He said, "Nah, man." He said, "When you're, uh, he said, when you're with me, he's like, put put your money away. It's all it's all on me for tonight." So, uh, and as as somebody that was just you know working that nine to five and check to check at that point, um, that helps. It helps big time. So, uh, I I feel like that's a good one to end on. We'll dive into more some some more stuff in the future. I got a bunch of stuff coming up between uh clinics individual trainings i'm in dc for two days then i'm off to nashville i come back back to dc and then i'll be in massachusetts and then through the rest of the year through the rest of july i got a bunch of stuff going on and uh some really cool opportunities that i'm excited to share with you all so appreciate you all again the keep shooting subscription is continuing to grow so if you're somebody that's looking to work with me on a one-on-one basis uh please please do announce the off season i don't think it's a better time whether you're young or old there's always that opportunity to learn So until next time, everybody, I appreciate you and keep shooting.